Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. It is October 4th. It is Wednesday. Time for our Wednesday show. We do a new show every Wednesday and every Saturday, except this Saturday. Uh, my name is Jeff Baker. I am talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm the host of this fine, fine show. And I'm joined by my friend and co-host from Arlington, Texas. His name is Drew Pelto. He is DFW Grapher on YouTube, on uh, what do we call it? X on Twitter, on Instagram, all over the place. He just posted a new video. Make sure you check it out on YouTube. Hey, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Uh, you know what? I, I miss you. When, when I don't talk to you for a couple of days, I miss you. Yeah. It's like, geez, I miss Drew. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. This is kind of like a, this is like bonus, like bonus Drew. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to catching up, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, we want to just remind everyone that we have Rick Brummuth. He is the happy collector on uh, TikTok and on YouTube. He does he posts videos all the time. He's, he's been out there. He's a con- great content creator. We talked to Rick about uh, Rich, what's going on in the hobby and uh, his cool video channel. So that is coming up. I want to remind everyone about our friends at Collect. Their marketplace is now live. And if you would like to get $10 towards your first purchase, and you can use it towards your second purchase and your third purchase, it, it doesn't run out. You get 10 bucks, you can spend it any way you want. It's really easy. What you have to do is you go on to uh, Google Play or Apple App Store, download the Collects, market, um, Collects app. It's free. It doesn't cost you a nickel. Once you get you your Collects username, Send it over to us, and we will send that over to Collects with your email address, and they will uh, put ten dollars in your Collects account, and you can use it and spend it however you like. Right, Drew? Exactly. Yes. And it works pretty good. Drew spent spent some of his. I spent most of mine, and uh, I got I got three or four cards, and uh, Drew I think got one card anyway, and he's got I think he's looking for another card. So uh, you want ten dollars for doing nothing or doing almost nothing? <laughs> You never, never somebody handies hand you a ten dollar bill and says, "Let's go spend card, spend it on cards." Right, Drew? Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. I mean, it, it's never happened to me except for, you know, right there with collects. It's the only time. That's right. So uh, send it on over. I'll send it off to our friends at Collects, and they will drop it right in your account. Drew, it's what we got. Baseball playoffs starting today. The yep. Tampa Bay Rays, and they got the stupid Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Devil Ray shirts on there today. I don't know why they would bring those back. They were they were miserable. That that was like that's like I don't know. Pick the worst team in the league, and, and that was they, they were horrible when they were the Devil Rays. Yeah, they pretty much were. Yeah, and they bring those uniforms back today, and they're playing against the Texas Rangers, your Texas Rangers. I know no, you. They're, they're not. They're they're not my Texas Rangers. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's make that very clear. Well, not you my. know what? Your Guardians have the worst bullpen in the league, so you have to yeah. go with the team with the second worst bullpen in the league, which is the Ugh. Texas Rangers. Gross. <laughs> Gross. 
<laughs> well, you know what? Drew, I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Where the heck is everybody? Where's all the fans? Have Have you seen the the dome there in Tampa? Would you want to watch a game? I've in been that there. Pile of yeah. Would you Would you want to watch a game in there? I mean, it's it's one of the worst ballparks in all of baseball, and unfortunately, Texas kind of copied a few elements of it, making their ballparks like, "My guys, step it up a bit there." But yeah, I mean, it's weird. Tampa has the best home record out of any American League playoff team, and the crazy thing is. You have the best home record among any playoff among any American League playoff team going up against the worst road record of any American League playoff team in the Rangers. And right now, as we're recording, the Rangers are up four nothing. It's like I know Tampa, 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 Tampa's made four errors, I think already. That that certainly doesn't help. I think they've yeah four errors already, and they walked uh, their starter walked five batters, including the first two batters of both the fifth and sixth. So you're just asking for trouble there. Uh, are you planning on going to any Ranger playoff games? Oh God, no, no nope. chance. Nope. Because you don't want to spend the money, because you don't want to support the team, because you, you just I, like I would I would go I would go and root against them. All of the above. I I I yeah I I have a lot of stuff against the Rangers organization as a whole. I don't like that stadium at all. There's I, no I just have no interest in going and supporting them at all. If they get into the American League Championship Series, would you go? No. No, you don't want you don't want to support the Rangers. No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't. I can give a damn <laughs> if they're in game if they're. About to, you know, sweep the World Series game four. Somebody says, hey, here's some tickets for 25 bucks only. I'm still going to say, I don't care. I, no. Shuffle. I should have had a rant and rave for you this week. I should have given you the rant and rave today. Yeah, yeah, how well. You're it's- a little ornery. You could have yeah. been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I want to mark, uh, what was Sunday's date? Sunday was the 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 30th? Through the 30th or the 1st? Uh, the 1st. Okay, the 1st. Yeah. Uh, October October first, it's official. My New England Patriots are done. They're one and three. They couldn't do anything against the, that Cowboy team. Is not good. I, I'm sorry, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, and to make it even worse, I mean, Dallas lost one of their best defenders for the season there when uh, what's his name Diggs, I believe, was it went down injured. I know. Mike Parsons so, yeah. was playing on one leg. Yeah, that too. Jack too. Prescott is overrated. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard is is a, just another guy. He doesn't he doesn't impress me at all. The only yeah. guy, uh, CD Lamb's about the only guy that on that team that has any talent, I think. But yeah, you know they, we we couldn't do anything, and uh, we just lost. I just heard I just saw Matthew Judon is going to be out for the year. Here is shoulder, and they lost they lost um, Christian Gonzalez, the rookie, is going to oh, wow. hurt. So I don't know how long he's going to be out, but. Officially on October first, I can't believe it. Four games into the season, my Patriots are done, and your Brownies are not that far behind, my friend. Yeah, it's going to come down to the quarterback health there. Because I mean, I like Dorian Thompson Robinson as a long-term guy, but expecting to have to do anything in the fourth game of the season when even as of that morning he wasn't expecting to start, and suddenly throwing him in there against a team with a historically great defense and having no running game around him. Yeah, you're asked for trouble, and uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully Watson's shoulder gets back to normal, but uh, yeah, it's it's concerning. It's concerning. Sure. Yeah, I mean, no Nick Chubb, no Watson is, is, a, is a shell of what he was two or three years ago. He is not the same guy. He's still better than Thompson Robinson is, but I mean, DTR is also, I mean, like I said, I, I'm willing to give DTR a pass. It was his very first game, and he wasn't expected to start, but Watson has started, I mean, he started to bounce back a little bit against uh, Tennessee there, but Let's be honest, anybody should look good against Tennessee, so who knows if that's real or not, but yeah. yeah. 
No, the Browns have a good D. I, that's about it. I think their defense yeah. defense is pretty good, but uh, yeah. you cannot you you got to be able to score in this league with with the you yeah. know you look at Miami, you look at Buffalo, you look at Kansas City, you look at the Eagles, you look at uh, the Rams, and the Rams aren't going anywhere. But you know the 49ers even could score. These guys, these yeah. teams could score. If you can't if you can't put up twenty eight points, you're in trouble. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. And they and I don't think the Brownies can do that. They've only done it what once so far this year, so yeah, you're you're not wrong. Yep. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, we're giving away a five by seven autographed Bob Stanley picture. I want to thank Drew for that. I actually got it got it for him at the Red Sox game last week, and he said, "No, I want you to give it away to to listeners." So, guys, if you want to win a five by seven autographed uh, picture of Bob Stanley, he was a closer and a relief pitcher for the Red Sox in the eighties. Right, he was on the eighty six Red Sox team that uh, almost won the World Series. So we'll just say almost won the World Series. <laughs> I think he was an All Star once or twice too, don't you? right? I think so. I mean, he was one of the top closers of the mid eighties. So it yeah, like he, he was pretty gotten. good. So uh, all we need is your name and your mailing address. Put Bob Stanley in the subject line. Send us uh, your entries to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll give that uh, picture away on next Wednesday show. All right, Drew. Next Wednesday show, yep. we will pick the winner. I've got a couple people entered already, but um, let's get a couple more people entered into it. And it's a pretty cool picture. It's a five by seven uh, autographed in person, so you know it was, the autograph is good, right? <laughs> and uh, it, it's a nice little prize. All right, guys, make I sure just you looked it up by the way to uh, go with what we were saying before. He is indeed a two-time All Star. In 1979, when he was still a starter, he made it on the team. And 1983, when he had uh, moved into closing role. So two times as two different roles. He was pretty good. Do you remember what Bob Stanley was most famous for at Fenway Park? At Fenway? No, I don't. He was most famous for uh, breaking a beat break in the bullpen. Oh, wow. So, they, you, know, you know, they have the bull, the beach balls out in the, in the, uh, in the bleachers. And mm-hmm. somehow they would either go into the bullpen or go on the field, and he, he they would throw it into the bullpen, and Stanley would take a rake and literally <laughs> obliterate it. <laughs> nice. That's what he was famous for. But he was a, yeah. he was a, he was a pretty good cool guy. So he, he was he was fun to talk to. I was actually uh, the last person to get his his autograph in Autograph Alley the other day. So um, I, I I was coming in and like, come on, come on, you 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 could be the last one. So I got I was great to, grateful for him to sign and I, I talked to him for a minute. All right, guys. So just a reminder: make sure you check out my article in Sports Collectors Daily this week. Uh, I write an article on TTM and a uh, summary of what's going on in the show every week. Usually posts on Tuesday, just about every Tuesday. Make sure you check it out. But uh, there will be no article this week. All right, guys. There's gonna be no article this week and no show this week. I'm actually heading to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, for the uh, for the long Columbus Day weekend. Uh, we'll be back, and we, Drew and I will have a show uh, next Wednesday. But just remember, there'll be no show and no article uh, this week, uh, ne- the Saturday and, and next week. All right, Drew. How's your week going so far? Pretty slow again. Uh, no purchases or trades or anything like that. I do have a trade that should be arriving later this week, though, fortunately, so I'll be able to talk about that. But uh, I do have a, a TTM that I got in at least. And since we're not having a show this week, I figure I should probably mention it now because it's kind of a big one. This was on another Hall of Famers rookie card. Back in February, I mailed out to Bill Cower, the former uh, coach of Pittsburgh Steelers. His rookie card is in the 92 Pro Set product. Had a couple of those. I'm like, you know what? Let's fire one off and see what we get. And yeah, here we are, what, about eight months later, it took to come back to me, but got it back, signed, he put a Super Bowl XL on it, it was the one that he won as a coach there. I'd ask David, do you mind putting your Hall of Fame year on it? He put the Super Bowl one on there instead. 
I'm good with it either way. It still looks good. But yeah, another Hall of Famer rookie to add to the collection there. So happy to land that one, at least, even if everything else is going slow. Yeah, I don't have him. I'm going to have to see if I can pick up that uh, that rookie card. I don't I have I have all the 91 pro set. I don't know if I have that 92 card is off the off the check. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have many from 92 at all. My big years for collecting football stuff was about the uh, 89, 90 and 91 pro set products. 92, I wasn't as interested in. And if you look at some of the photos, in that 92 set, my God, that 92 set was very low on the quality. I mean, all of pro set was kind of a very low quality control at times. All the errors that you saw in 92 and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then 90 in 1990, I mean, had all the errors in it. 1992 got some of the photo selection was ridiculous. You're seeing photos from like four years prior they were getting used in there and everything. So yeah, but Hey, you got a Bill Cowher rookie card in there at least. And uh, might be a couple others that are in there too, but Bill Cowher is definitely the, the big one there. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick one up. Thank you. That, that, that's a good tip. All right, Drew. I think we got all our housekeeping in order. Let's do mm-hmm. batting leadoff. Leading off, it is Hobby Happenings. Hobby Happenings. Yay! I'm doing my Muppet arms. Yay! Hobby Happenings. <laughs> Yay! Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at Hobby Happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. All right, Drew. You know what we got, we uh, we uh, had a court ruling the other day, and it, this one we're going to give a win to Panini. The mm-hmm. NFL Players Association emergency relief request against Panini uh, was dismissed. The judge yeah. dismissed it, and uh, I think that's a fair fair ruling. I don't don't I don't know why they they thought that they were going to get out, get away with it. I know I know you can't really comment much on it, but I think it it was. Um, I don't know what what's what what what's it called when when they file a lawsuit that's really doesn't have anything behind it? Frivolous. A frivolous. I think it was a frivolous lawsuit. <laughs> a little bit. I can understand they're trying to get out of the deal there and you know get over fanatics and everything, but they 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 came in with really no leg to stand on in this whole thing and went for it anyway. So yeah, it's I mean frivolous, maybe not quite that far, but ill advised, yes, for sure, I think. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say frivolous. I think it was a yep. frivolous lawsuit. So, congratulations on Panini, and uh, we will keep you up to date on anything that happens in the in the court. We have all sorts of rulings coming down the pike. I think so. Uh, yep. That's a nice win for Panini, and uh, they won the um, the WWE one as well. So they 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 they're doing after after getting that crush in the in the, in the, in the copyright infringement lawsuit, they've won a couple yep. little ones. So good job, Panini. Um, just you know, we're not doing the the Vern Rat Minute the, this week because I'm we're not going to have a show on Saturday. But uh, I just want to cover a couple deaths that happened this weekend in the world of sports, both related to uh, New England. One first, we lost um, Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh uh, Pen- Pen- Pittsburgh Pirates and the Boston Red Sox. Did he pitch for anyone else? I think it was just those two. And uh, fun fact, he actually came up as an infielder in the minor leagues. And yep. We discovered he didn't really have much of a bat. They're like, hey, how about you chuck that knuckleball out here and it worked well for him. 
you know, he's a pretty good knuckleballer. And I know he's, I think he's top three uh, in Red Sox history and like strikeouts and wins and uh, a couple appearances. Maybe he's, he, he was, uh, he pitched, he was a starter and he was a reliever at times. So he, he, uh, of course, was a, a great Red Sox guy and he was involved with the Red Sox um, alumni here in Boston and in the Jimmy Fund. And, um, you know, he uh, had brain cancer and we didn't know about it until it got leaked. What about, Three or four days ago, heard Schilling's a dick, but yeah, it was about a week or so ago. Yeah, yeah. so it got it got leaked, and then uh, you know he passed. Tim passed away uh, this past, I believe it was it was either Saturday or Sunday, and he was fifty seven yeah. years old. So I know, um, you know, he had a lot of presence here in New England. He didn't sign through the mail, but he was a very good guy in person. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Tim Wakefield autographs out there. But um, you know, Tim Tim Wakefield had a lot of presence out here in New England, and his he will be missed um, as part of the Red Sox family. We also lost Russ Francis. Russ Francis was an All World tight end per Howard Cosell for the New England Patriots in the San Francisco 49ers um, in the 70s and early 80s, right? In the 70s, yep. he, he made a bunch of Pro Bowls. He was a, a colorful guy. He was from Hawaii. He also he signed all his. Uh, or a lot of his autograph requests, Aloha. And nice. <laughs> he ended up, um, he, he lived in, I believe, Connecticut and Hawaii. And uh, he was 70 years old and he died in a plane crash um, in Lake Placid, New York. So I, I don't know if he was uh, piloting because I know he he was he did have his pilot's license. So I think he was, he he did fly, but he, he passed away in a, in a plane crash, which is too bad. He was one of the, you know, the few bright spots in the early, you know, early to mid eight, uh, 80s 70s i should say with the patriots before they had a, a little run there and uh he was a hell of a player and he, he was a um a colorful character and he was he was always signing signing local you know local shows here so he i know he signed a lot did you get him ttm i uh, no, never got france never got wakefield in person or anything either so yeah never never got either all right russ francis i've got uh at least three or four times with ttm uh and he was a good signer so uh we lost two, you know, bought two uh, guys from the Boston sports world and uh, two guys that, that I was big fans of. So we're uh, sorry for the loss. Drew, we have grading numbers from our friends at Gemrate uh, for September. Yes. Yeah, I've got the uh, stuff on the entire month, comparing also both back to the numbers in August and comparing to September of 2022. PSA, 1.2 million cards graded. That actually was down from August, a 2% drop right there but up 12% over what we saw in uh, last year in September of 2022. CGC moving into the number two slot. They uh, had a Ooh, big yay, celebration about that. Good to see that. Congratulations, CSG, CGC. Yes. <laughs> 147,000 cards graded. That's up 38% since August and up 62% since last year. So a vast increase right there for them. Uh, SGC. 115,000 cards graded. That's down 3% from August, but up 66% from last year. So SGC having a nice uh, month there as well. Beckett down a little bit, 61,000 cards graded. That's an 18% drop from August and a 4% drop from last year, but still kind of, you know, holding right there with their typical numbers there for the most part. Yeah, guys, keep in mind the, the numbers that, that Generator reporting on are all cards. So that's gaming cards as well as sports cards, right? So yep. um that that's for all four companies. And and um it, you know it, it's an it's an even playing field for all four companies. So it's not like PSA is getting uh, credit for just all sports cards while uh CGC is getting credit for 
credit for gaming and sports because it's it's even across all four companies. So very cool. We love to get some uh, great numbers. And thanks for our friends at uh, Gemrate. Drew, we will have um, the big three. We'll do the big three next week, okay? Uh, yeah, gonna, because they'll, they'll send he, um, Ryan will send me the big three on uh, Friday, and then we'll we'll report it on next Wednesday show, okay? Sounds good. All right, bud. We have some new releases. A lot of new releases this week. We have the WNBA Prism, which is a Panini product. They get twelve packs, twelve cards per pack. You get two autos. The uh, hobby boxes are going for about one hundred and forty-five dollars. Drew, do you know if uh, the NBA, the WNBA guy uh, people are good TTMers? You know, I haven't really done a whole lot of TTMing there. I've sent through a few uh, former players and coaches that are now retired, but. I have not tried any active players yet at all. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It'd be interesting yeah. to know uh, if any of the current players are good TTMers. Because I know, really, basketball, there's only a few. Baseball, there's only a few. Even hockey, there's only a few. The current guys seem to be tougher to get. But I don't know where the WNBA isn't as big and they don't have as many requests and as many fans. Maybe they they do a they do a good job. If you if you guys are uh, any of the listeners are out there and you know if the you've done any WNBA TTM and send us an email at TTMcast at yahoo.com and let and let us know. Got some uh Panini uh I believe Panini is this the football set there for the gold standards coming out. Got a Panini Gold Standard football first off the line is gonna be uh coming out now. Got one pack of seven cards. Gold Standard always has a gold theme to it. Really cool-looking stuff there. $750 for that box of first off the line, Gold Standard. Yeah, I've, done, I've bought some uh, Gold Standard off eBay. You know, yeah. just Patriots guys and rookie cards and stuff. And I like them. They're nice cards. Yeah, uh, we, we have 2022-23 Panini's Contenders, which is Optic NBA. You get one pack of six cards, one auto. And those are going for about 350 bucks. That's 2022-23 Panini Contenders for $350. Slide over onto the ice. We've got some Upper Deck Premier Hockey coming out. This is uh, a little bit of an older one. This is going to be from the 21-22 Upper Deck Premier Hockey. Kind of delayed a bit there, but that is coming out now. One pack of six cards. And in there, you'll see two memorabilia and one auto patch and one auto. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on there going on there with the uh, with the mem and the patches and the autos and all that. $245 with price on that product. Sure. This one kind of, I, I miss this one. I I don't know. I don't know why I missed this one before. Uh, I guess this is the, the fourth or fifth year that they've done this, but 2023, 24 tops NHL uh, hockey sticker uh, box and album. They're going for about $50. There's 285 stickers in the set, which is a huge set. Uh, you yes. get one foil uh, per pack. There's 50 packs in a box, five stickers per pack. Uh, and we'll have to talk to Clemente about this next week. I know I, do you have you been getting the have you gotten these have you found uh, no i never have at all uh tops took over the sticker deal in uh 2019 it looks like from what i'm seeing here is around uh 2018 19 was panini's final year of it 1920 was tops's first year with it so yeah i haven't really checked it out much at all i used to do a lot of work on the panini ones there but yeah i haven't checked out tops's at all yeah i mean i missed that one i don't it just that one flew under the radar I, I, when i saw it i was like oh that tops is the the hockey stickers and uh and and with 685 stickers in the set must be a, a pretty cool set i'm gonna have to we'll have to talk to clemente about that one next week all right yeah definitely got uh some panini mosaic football no huddle is coming out now 12 packs of 12 cards we're mentioning a few different varieties of panini mosaic no huddle being the most recent one but like i said 12 packs 12 cards so 144 cards per box 
You're going to see in there one auto and three silver mosaic cards, along with 10 no huddle mosaics. So another mosaic variety out there for anybody that's uh, collecting player rainbows or anything like that. Definitely go and check out the no huddle there. That'll be $325. And this is for our friends up in Canada, Tim Horton Hockey, which is uh, 2023-24 upper deck cards. They are uh, 234 cards in the set, plus a, a binder. Packs run between, I don't know, a dollar and two dollars. I think I think it's a dollar if you purchase a, a hot beverage and two dollars if you just want to buy the packs. And uh, they, they're sold in the 300 Tim Horton restaurants up in Canada. And I think they're available in a couple of the Tim Hortons here in the United States. I know, um, the, I know previously they'd been purchased in new jersey and the tim hortons in new jersey we don't okay. have any we don't have any tim hortons here in uh the boston area but um i know you can go on ebay and pick up the packs for for, for a pretty good uh number so uh, tim horton 2023-24 hockey which i believe is the first release of uh this season's hockey right i think that is i the think first so release. Uh, and uh, check it out. Uh, you go to check out just just do 2023-24 Tim Horton hockey cards if you're in the United States, and you can you can purchase the packs at a pretty good rate uh, on eBay. Well, Drew, uh, we have some auction news to report as well. Yes, we do. A charity auction had uh, Tom Brady's 700th career touchdown jersey up for auction on there. Uh, that one went for 1.2 million dollars. So a nice uh. Nice little tidy sum brought in by the charity that was benefiting. Sure, we have the Golden Elite Auction that just uh, finished a T206 Ty Cobb Green Portrait, which got a PSA 8 rating. There were 20 bids for it, and it went for $488,000. So a T206 Ty Cobb Green Portrait went for uh, $488,000. Also in the same auction, a PSA 8.5 Joe Namath rookie. That's the 1965 set right there. Not quite as high as the Ty Cobb there, but still $207,400 final sale price on that one. That's a pretty card, isn't it? I really like yes. that card. Yes. I, re I really like that card. All right, Drew. Well, I think that wraps up Hobby Happenings. Uh, we have a, a great interview today, a fun interview. I interviewed uh, Rich Bromith. Rich is known as the Happy Collector on uh, Instagram, not Instagram, on, yeah, he's on Instagram. He's also on, he does videos. He's on uh, TikTok and he's on YouTube and uh, you can check him out at, check, follow him at Happy Collector. And I talked to Rich just about collecting the hobby and about his popular uh, video channel. So please enjoy my interview with the Happy Collector. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start grading your cards today. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning, pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Upgrade to Collects Pro to access exclusive features like exporting collections to spreadsheet, printing checklists, and Collects AI. All right, guys, it's another... Uh, edition of Collector's Corner. We have a, a collector and social media creator. His name is Rich Brummett, but you know him as the Happy Collector. Welcome, Rich. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. 
you know what? I love your videos. I love your YouTube and your TikToks uh, videos. I, I can't get enough. I feel like we're, we're old friends because I see I see you every day. That's that's very kind of you to say. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Let's talk a little hobby, okay? What um, you know, this whole fanatics and panini mess. Um, what do you make of that? And do you think the whole this whole um. So uh, what do you, legal wranglings, I guess, is good for collectors. I mean, in my opinion, as you're saying, it is a bit of a mess, right? Uh, do I think it's good for collectors? I think it all depends on the end decision of the case. You know, how the, Rich, how do the collectors win? How do the collectors win on either on either direction? I mean, how they would ultimately win is exclusive licensing going away, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So outside of that, I think a clean, smooth transition as quickly as possible. And some of the Panini, some of their larger brands following suit over Fanatics, I think could help with that transition for collectors. What do you mean? For, for example, Prism and Optic, some of the larger brand names it would be nice to see fanatics not only get the licenses but be able to continue to, to keep those products alive because i know they have huge fan bases i i agree there's so many new releases out there and um as a collector it's sometimes hard to decide what you're going to buy and what you, you what you shouldn't buy do you have any recommendations for the new collector and for the experienced collector First off, I, uh, most of us, even experienced collectors, we get trapped in FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. <laughs> Start collecting, like, as you're saying, there is so many options out there. I, I think it's good to focus on what you want to collect, just the start at least. You can always add later on, but focus on what you want to collect, what you love the most, and then pick two or three products, main products that you think not only you like, because you this is going into your collection, is not just about the monetary gain, right? But also is in your wheelhouse from a, a standpoint of affordability, right? I've seen too many people post stories about um, putting things on credit or having to borrow money and so forth. And that is definitely a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Do you have a lot of um, young collectors and, and parents of young collectors reaching out to you to, um, you, you know, how do I how do I get go starting in collecting? You know, I, I have a nine year old kid. He loves hockey. He loves basketball. Um, do, do you have a lot of people reaching out to you to get um, opinions and feedback? I do. And, and it ranges from ages. Right. Um and one of the cool things about the 2020 boom, right, there are some negatives, but one of the cool things about it, it did get collectors back into the hobby that were adults as well. And they, a lot of them brought in their kids too. Um, and a lot of the, I guess a lot of the questions go around grading, uh, go around storage, a lot of basics, honestly, that a lot of content out there doesn't truly focus on, right? Cause it's not quote unquote sexy or, or, you know, it doesn't get a ton of clicks, but I've done a lot of content around that because I think you need to start with the basics to understand the hobby as its whole, if you will. What do you, what do you, um, 
what do you recommend the for the young collector to to start in is there um you know do you tell them to just buy the tops uh flagship do you tell them to buy donruss do you tell them to buy score what you know do you direct them at any in, with any um one or two brands that, that you really like i mean outside my number one rule you know collect what you love and have fun doing it um if if someone asked me specifics on brands I try not to get too specific on players, right? Because no one needs another talking head out there. And and we can get into some of my other issues with that as well. But from a very broad-based so suggestion, a very broad-based suggestion, I'd say, personally, I stay away from unlicensed product. Yeah. Uh, just, I think it's limited from not only from a valuation standpoint, but from a collectability standpoint. Now, if you love it and you like it, great. Um, the same thing with college uniform stuff. If you love it and you like it, awesome. Collect it and buy it. But if you have a thought process on, quote unquote, flipping or selling these items at some point, either to you know put food on your, your uh, household's uh, table or so you can buy more cards, uh, those unbranded unlicensed and college uniform cards typically don't hold value well are there any um boxes that you would recommend stashing as opposed to breaking you know opening a ripping a, a box of tops is there anything that you would recommend uh squirreling away do you think there's any value in uh in unopened stuff unopened materials especially uh, newer stuff i think there definitely is value i don't think there is as much value as people have been led to believe um especially in the retail side what we've seen and i'm sure you know as well is the rookie class is going to drive everything right so i say every year if you're into collecting field product it, it does make some sense to hold a few boxes see how it's gonna gonna go because i quite frankly i had 2020 and 2021 stuff especially 2020 stuff that got so expensive that I would never rip it, right? Like I'm not gonna rip a blaster box that's going for over a hundred dollars. It, it the odds of me getting that return back, even if I don't care about the full return, I just want to have fun. To, it's it's not that much fun when I'm when you say, "Well, this is a hundred twenty-five dollar box, and I got twenty dollars worth of cards out of it," right? So I think I think there are is value. I think that valuation's been hyped up to some degree because you really need the rookie class to hit and hit strong and hard for it to be sustainable long time. Sure. Do you, um, did you see the rise of break the breakers and the breaking uh, portion of our hobby? And do you think it's going to have legs and continue? Yeah. I mean, breaking has been along around for a while. I mean, uh, theme breaks, if not, earlier and i mean they, they certainly weren't as big um as a focus as they are in hobby now i'd also say <clears throat> seeing a retail break prior to 2020 didn't happen you know the reason you got into a break was for the super high-end products right the flawless and museum or whatever to get into and you're like you know what? I, I don't mind going in for a lower price point to get a chance, if you will, at a, some of these cards, but as those price points have have, have risen, and uh, and companies have 
um, risen their price points, and you know that's going to bleed down the rest of us. I think it becomes harder to sustain. That said, I think fanatics and ops, if you will, uh, they're doubling down on this stuff, not walking away from a fanatic with their own platform. Um, a lot of their boxes now, the hot boxes. I talked about this the other day, where you know I see people pull eight Mike Trouts out of a single case of box, a single case of cards, or with the 2023 Bowman Chrome. Apparently, there's what 15, 20 boxes out there. Oh, they're all autographs in the box. Have they sur- They haven't surfaced yet, right? I haven't seen any yet. I haven't and, either. Yeah, and how people share stuff. I think we would at this point. Um, but that's all gambling, right? I mean, opening a box in general is, is an essence in gambling, right? But when, when you add that additional chase to it, which is a major chase, I think you're doubling down on the fact that people are into the hobby more for that gamble and chase and less for the collectible aspect. Because if I pull that box with all autographs on, I'm happy. But now if I pull a box that's just normal and, uh, you know, I got a fraction of the valuation back, I'm not that happy anymore. And I start questioning whether I want to buy boxes. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's truth to um, the talk that the card companies have seeded the breakers in terms of when they when they give these cards out to the boxes to breakers, they make sure that there's hits in there? Do you think there's I mean, in my opinion, I always say that because, you know, I want to get in trouble. Well, that's what I'm asking you. I want to know your opinion on it. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, think about every time a large breaker shows a huge hit. You know, that's that's, that's a marketing item for Tops and Fanatics. Outside of signage at at major league games or, or, or for Panini NFL and uh, NBA games, I mean, how many commercials do you see for sports cards? Really, on on TV, none. You know, yeah, right? Advertise because their customer base does all the advertising for them. It's it's quite brilliant in that manner. So, coming from a marketing standpoint, does it make sense to do that? Yeah, is it is it a bit? Is is not as transparent as I would like. Certainly. Uh, and I don't know if they're doing it, but I wouldn't be shocked. Now, in the breakers and the products defense, those large breakers, they open an outrageous amount of product, right? right. They, of course, are going to have a much better, uh, re- uh, you know, open to hit ratio than I would that I'm opening three boxes and they're opening cases. I, I was just talking to my local LCS. They have 44 cases of Bowman Chromen. You know, so those numbers, the, the odds are certainly also in their favor. Right. Then you and I opening one or two, <laughs> right? <laughs> so do you, um, are you surprised how much Bowman uh, has grown? The Bowman brand has grown in the last couple of years um, as opposed to some of the other brands. It's interesting, honestly, because people don't like, or I should say not all people, certainly there's a subset of collectors. People don't really care for a college uniform or or these newer MBA type uh, products that are pre-MBA, right? Yep. 
they're really not a huge market for it, especially from a long-term valuation standpoint. Outside of if you like that, then you're a Georgia fan, you know, collect that player from Georgia. Um, so it's interesting, Bowman Chrome first, uh, you know, are in essence the same thing. Now they do have, in most in most cases, their their pro uniforms or their minor league uniforms, and some like the pro uh, the tops pro debut product. Um, but I think again, it comes down to getting players and prospects in your hands as quickly as possible, and it's it is fun, uh, you know, it is fun to prospect and buy these Bowman Chromes first and players go now and i say a lot of people out typically the prospects cost a ton of money then you see a cooling off especially if the release comes later in the year closer to, to you know bleed, bleeding in the football and nba because you're going to see a natural degression of interest in major league baseball as well couple that with the fact that some of these prospects are 17 18 years old and they're not going to see, even on a good day, they're not going to see the leagues for years. There's all there's typically that cooling off period where you do see prices come down. Some stay fairly high, but I think in general, a lot of them come down. So FOMO, I think, for me, is why a lot of that happens. And so it doesn't shock me anymore. <laughs> I mean, you look at what's happened with Julio Franco and what's happened with, uh, I mean, Wanda Franco and Zion Williamson and, um, you know, who are all these, these young guys, Fernando Tatis, they, you know, they, they, they hit, they hit um, a bump in their career. Right. And some, some instances they end their career. Um, would you go, would you recommend people just invest in vintage players as opposed to these, these young uh, prospect type guys? Well, I, I use the term invest carefully. Um, but, I mean, I think you can make the arguments more retail arbitrage than investing, although it does fit the uh, what alternate or alternative method of investing definition, whatnot, and so forth, right? So you go back and forth. But I, I like to use the word, if I'm going to use it in relation to sports cards, I only use it when I'm talking about buying it. Hank or a Tom Brady. Yep. Push guys that are, are close to the end of their career or or have done finished their career. Um, because of those factors. The guys can be so I mean, even Patrick Mahomes, who I think is on the borderline at this point, he's been in the league long enough where you can say his card is an investment. He certainly could lose his knock on wood, he certainly could lose his mind and do something crazy. And completely tank his cards, but bearing that, I mean, he's accomplished enough where you you feel comfortable holding his cards longer term. Now that said, I think especially with the newer cards and even some of the older cards, we're seeing we're seeing valuations that, especially coming off of 2021, that were at the pinnacle of their price points. Yep, people bought in hoping they were going to raise. When I think they bought in at the ceiling and now these price points are dropping and people are like, oh, see, the sports card hobby is going down. No, it's it's finding that level. You know, everything wants to find a level and it's finding its level on its legs again. And that and that correction needed to happen. Uh, and you still may see corrections in these cards that sold for 
$500,000 of a young player now selling for 80, somebody's definitely going to lose a ton of money on a lot of these cards. Do um, in terms of where, where we're in, we just finished week two of the NFL season. Um, do you, is there anyone, any players who you've seen their value increase as a result of their performance on the field? And I know we just lost Nick Chubb. We lost Aaron Rodgers. We, you know, we, that we lose players from injury just about every week. Um, is there anyone that's whose values kind of increased since the start of the season? You know, I, I think the rookies, certainly you'll see pop Richardson. Uh, now he just coming off possibly a concussion, right? Uh, Stroud, I think I, I personally been um, impressed with him uh, of all the rookies. I, and I also like his size. The other guys, not so much. Um, Jordan Love. I, I think is is proving at least in a very short term that he can play in this league. There are a lot of question marks, and I think there's still a lot of opportunity to buy his cards on a low point. I just picked up some the other day, quite frankly. Uh, you know, one of the things I like to look at on on listings, especially to buy it now. Sometimes you can catch sellers in the middle, right? That they, they posted that Jordan Love three weeks ago and they really have, or, you know, a couple weeks ago and they haven't checked the prices or the performance. Uh, so the price point of that card hasn't risen yet, you know? So I like to try to find that and catch that as much as possible. Do you purchase on eBay or where, where, where else do you get your cards? Uh, eBay. And I also, and I am, uh, I am sponsored by them. So I have just the full, full you know, transparency collects the collects app as well. Do you use uh, any other tools that makes it easier for collecting uh, either, you know, websites that you like to go to or or uh, tools like Collects? Collects is one of my sponsors as well. So we're playing on the same team. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I was 130 point, you know, certainly to help with the crystal clear um, eBay, you know, because eBay won't show you the real prices if uh, best offer is taken. It's the 130 will. Um, I'd like to watch gem rate to see how many cards are being graded. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, uh, I just did a video about that this morning and last week, 350,000 cards were graded across the, the four major players. That's, that's insane. It's a lot of cards, my friend. It's a lot of cards. <laughs> what, What's your stance on, on the, the raw card versus the graded card? Do you have a, a preference, personal preference? I I buy mainly raw. Um, vintage, I like to buy graded because of counterfeiting issues, especially, to, you know, certainly depending on the card as well. Also, the products themselves haven't done collectors a favor by reprinting them themselves and, you know, making it a little confusing or especially newer or younger collectors to understand this is the reprint and this is the original. Cause a lot of times the reprint looks like a very good version of the original. Yeah. Uh, they've done, done a better job now stamping some of their reprints. Um, but it, it's interesting to see PSA nine prices being at, or at sometimes lower than raw card prices. And I think that comes down to people rather gamble that that raw card will gem out as opposed to saying, well, this is a PSA 9 for a million different factors because PSA is really not super transparent of why, why you get the grade that you got. Um, they can always crack it and, re and resubmit, which I don't love, but 
because of those factors, I, I personally still like raw. And if I want to grade it, uh, you know, I'll I'll take the time to do it myself. Which are uh, some of the videos that have gotten um, great response for, from uh, collectors? What are some some of the your videos that have gotten the best response from collectors? I think a lot of people like to keep up to date with what's going on in the hobby. You know, it's that's really social media. It's about talking about what's going on in the hobby. So hot stories. I try to, and I try my best to stay as positive as possible. You know, there's a reason I call myself the happy collector. I think there's there's a ton of negativity. There's an underbelly of negativity, I should say more accurately, in the hobby that you can quickly get swept under. And, you know, being able to give a positive voice out there, I think is still very important. And honestly, the reason I got into posting on social because... There was so much negativity and incorrect information floating out there that, uh, you know, that's why I don't love the term investment, because if I was a true investor, an investment analyst, I'd have to be licensed. Right. And, and I would be held accountable for the things I say and do uh, in the sports card world. I can I can tell you, to I think absolutely you should go out and buy this card and you go buy it. And if that car tanks, there's nothing that happens to me. So yeah, so I'd rather not be add to that conversation. Do you feel that we're still in a growth um, phase of the hobby, or do you think we're uh, gone on a downward spiral right now? I think there was some loss of it, some loss of quote unquote collectors within the hobby. But why I say quote unquote is because I think a lot of the people that dropped were quick flipping, you know, especially retail. Um, and again, it's no hate on them. Uh, I've met uh, and connected with a lot of resellers that, uh, especially during COVID, uh, their jobs got taken from them and because their places shut down. And that's how they fed their family. You know, and they would reach out to me and ask me, hey, what, what products do you think? to go for and so forth and what do you think about these cards and so forth and uh so that's why i don't give resellers too much grief do i love it when i see the po the posts of people walking out with shopping cards and stuff no I, I hate it but i do think we can coexist and i think a lot of that comes down to the stores themselves and the companies you know playing a, a larger you know um role in in guiding that Back to the Fanatics and Panini. How do you see that falling out? Do you see um, Panini settling with Fanatics? Do you see them taking it to the end? The end in terms of following this, the law, these lawsuits. And how do you think the whole? How do you think in, in a year from now, uh, these lawsuits and our what's our hobby going to look like? I mean, they can drag out forever, right? I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, I think a lot of these things come down to who has the bigger pockets, which absolutely is Fanatics. Not only do they have the bigger pockets, but I think they have the stronger relationships with the league through the merchandising that they've built over the last year, you know, um, decade, if you will, not more. Um, so I, I, I think Fanatics wins out certainly in the end. Uh, uh, you know, you can't, I don't, you can't negate Panini's agreements with the individual players either, but you know, there has to be some kind of middle ground there because. 
those cards, if you can only get auto cards, we've seen like with the LeBrons and Michael Jordans with upper decks exclusivity with that stuff. It's great if you can get their autos on any type of card, but it just hits differently when it's on a branded card with them in their jersey, you know. Right. And what is the national going to look like if Fanatics is controlling X X players and Panini's controlling Y players and they're they going to have access to all the, you know, are the collectors going to have access to all these players, uh, you know, at the at a, a show like the national? At a show like the national, I think so. I think the national will will do its best to stay as neutral as possible because I mean, uh, why why exclude any of the players at this point? I mean, it's not like they excluded Lee for upper deck and so forth either. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if again, fanatics doesn't seem like they want to deal with middlemen too much, right? Um. So I wouldn't be shocked if Fanatics launches their own event. And I think your Fanatic events is a thing and it's going to be something that eventually takes over as the largest show because they can bring everybody in and they right. can amazing party that uh, that is tied to it with sponsors and galore. And I think they probably have a better touch on the new younger collector. We're speaking with Rich Bromat. He is the happy collector on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitter. Uh, Rich, if anyone has any questions for you, how do they, how do they reach out to, and uh, ask you a, a hobby question? Uh, so to reach me directly easily is going to my Instagram, um, the happy at the happy collector, because the Instagram doesn't you know um, gatekeep any of the messages it lets it through. But certainly on TikTok, um, Facebook, uh, but Instagram would probably be the easiest for a messaging stand. Do you have anything new planned for videos? Any any cool new videos uh, planned? And how how often do you post a video? It can vary depending on my my nine to five and how busy I am. <laughs> I'm running around for that and traveling and stuff. I try to do at least two a day. Um, like one in the morning and one during the afternoon, basically before I start work and after I stop and work, um, just so I can kind of hit both audiences. Uh, one of the newer things I'm doing is I started, uh, I'm trying to lose weight. So I figured, hey, what would be cool as my walk, doing my morning walk, to do my morning thoughts of the hobby. So that's a new thing I'm doing, is, uh, which is fun because it lets me kind of talk to myself. My neighbors look at me like I'm crazy. As I walk around the neighborhood. Do you have a favorite show or favorite shows that you like to go to? Card shows? Around my area, which is the Philadelphia area, the Philly card show is great. Um, uh, S&B Sports Collectibles, which again, you know, I'm very friendly with. They, they throw a lot of mini shows and local malls I go to. I haven't gone to the Fishtown one yet, but I've heard that's very good. And that's definitely on my list to go to. Very cool. Rich Brummett, he is the happy collector on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, and on Instagram. Follow him. He has his great content. Richard, thank you for your time. It was great to talk a little hobby with you. Anything you'd like to add before I let you go? No, I, I think, you know, when in doubt, just, again, collect with you, collect what you love, um, and everything will work out. And that that did not rhyme purposely. 
<laughs> All right. Happy collecting, Rich. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Scanning and cataloging your collection has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. Join over 1 million other collectors in digitizing and pricing your collection. Unlock exclusive features to take your hobby to the next level, like printable checklists, huge discounts to hobby companies, Collects AI, and the ability to export your collection to a spreadsheet, all available when you upgrade to Collects Pro. Use Collects AI to help research cards to buy or supercharge the descriptions on your cards to sell them even faster. You also get exclusive discounts with partners like Fanatics, Lupe, and BCW Supplies. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Well, Joe Rich is a cool guy, and it was fun to talk to him a little about what's going on in the hobby. And he's a content creator. He, he creates ton, tons of content. I think he's doing – he does a couple of videos every day. He's he's a busy man when it comes to videos. So, nope, guys, fo- follow Rich at Happy Collector on all the uh, social media. Um, I think that wraps up the show, Drew. Uh, we do not have – remember, no show next Saturday, Saturday coming up, and there will be no article this week. On uh, next Wednesday show, I had uh, I spoke with Alan uh, Terrell, who is from waxstat.com. It's a great site. It's called waxstat.com, and uh, he has a, it's a free site. And we talked to uh, Alan about his uh, site and about the hobby, and it's a really cool interview. So that will be on next Wednesday show. Drew, anything else before I let you go? No, I think we've got everything pretty well covered on there. Okay, guys, I am going to be in uh, Savannah. And I'll, uh, with my family this uh, the long weekend for Columbus Day weekend, so I will report back on my trip. Hopefully, I will not have to buy any cards, and we will not see any games. And I there'll be no art. Uh, I will not visit any card stores. It is it'll be a a fun trip with the family, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Guys, we remember no show this Saturday coming up, no article this week, but we will be back next Wednesday for TTM Cast 101. Guys, I want to wish everyone many happy returns. Drew, hopefully our mailboxes are full because, boy, we yes. have been stinking up the place lately, right? It has been so slow. Yeah, I mean, part of it, I mean, part of it, the blame is on me. I've got a stack that I still have not written yet, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll work up the energy to do that here soon. I know. I, I've i been writing and sending out stuff. It's still slow. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, well, hopefully our mailboxes will be full. Wishing everyone many happy returns. We will see you next Wednesday. Be good. Yeah.